You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Buckle up, everyone. It's time to get this show on the road. Time for Dave's Corner Garage, your Saturday morning joyride on Zoomer Radio. Okay, I'll hit it. Hey, welcome. It's another Saturday morning, and we have a busy show for you this Saturday. CAA's Elliot Silverstein is going to join us and talk about MyPace. I love that. It's an insurance policy that actually you pay for as you use it, and it's... uh, Relatively cheap. Really going to talk about that. They're um, going to join us from Ambic. Terry O'Keefe is going to join us and talk about uh, is there a withholding period when you're buying a new vehicle? Bob Hawkins from the Highway 11 Cruises is going to talk about a cruise that's coming up. And, of course, our favorite uh, car tester, Brian Max is going to talk about the new Ford Bronco, and apparently they're available uh, over at Young Steels Motors. How are you doing, Al? I'm doing okay. You mean the Bronco is already out and available? Yeah, well, apparently you got to order them now and you get the uh, delivery, I think, in September. Well, you know, it's great being uh, an automotive journalist and, 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 you know, you get all kinds of perks. And I guess, you know, uh, Brian's been able to get the first look at them and uh, it looks like a real hot car. It's amazing because the old ones were bringing serious money at the auto auctions. And uh, I guess they saw that there was a market for it. And their only competition is the Jeep who tried to uh, take a little uh, uh, wind out of their sails by introducing a V8 motor in the Jeep for the first time in the centuries. Well, it's true. You know, most of the manufacturers have been coming, cutting back on their sedan business because yes. people want trucks and SUVs and that kind of vehicle. So might as well take advantage of it. The more you know, vehicles we have out there for people to buy, the more sales we're going to make. That's right. The more cars you're going to get to fix. Anyway, speaking of sales, I think the wind's just about out of ours. Uh, We're going to have to take a break now. But right after the break, we're going to be talking to Elliot Silverstein from the CAA to find out what new products they've got that are going to save you money. We'll be right back. You know, uh, insurance agents aren't always your favorite guy to talk to. But Elliot Silverstein's with us. He's with CAA, and he's my favorite insurance agent. I got three cars insured with him, and I love him. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. Thanks for having me. My Pace is uh, an insurance that actually you, you pay for it as you use it. it can, it's, it's a fantastic way of saving money when you're not using a lot of mileage. And I've got three cars with you. I got my wife's car. I got my, my daily runner. And I just bought a sports car, a, a Supra. And I put that on there too. So I'm three to go. So Elliot, what's the advantage of My Pace? Especially during these times where people are driving less or taking different uh, routes or, or driving different ways. You may not be driving what you would, would certainly do on an annual basis. So my pace is really designed for people driving 9,000 kilometers a year or less. And what it is is that you're paying in 1,000 kilometer increments as opposed to a full year plan. So if your commutes are now, let's say, in the three to 5,000 kilometer range, you would end up saving a considerable amount of money because it's actually responding to your current habits as opposed to the traditional nature of auto insurance. So that's 9,000 for me total, not 9,000 kilometers per each car that I own. So 
so it, so it's it's, t- it's tied to the vehicle that's being driven. So that car is that car is being driven on on that. Uh, if it's being driven more than nine thousand kilometers, it would it would essentially mimic the rates that you would see in a traditional uh, auto insurance premium. So really, you know, what we want to try and do is if you have a secondary car that is not being driven very frequently, it certainly is an option for those types of cars as well. So basically, you pay it as you pay for it as you use it, and if you're not using it. It's just sort of idling by. Uh, so, okay, I've bought the policy. I've enrolled. What's the first step that happens? So what will happen after you've enrolled is you'll receive a, uh, a little device you have to insert into your car. It's very simple. Um, and what that will do is it will track the kilometers being driven. Um, that will also provide you some information you can access on the website or on the app. And then as you approach your 1,000 kilometers, you'll get a notification that you will be uh, billed for your next 1,000 kilometers. And really, it's as seamless as that. I mean, this is a very unique uh, uh, program that is uh, we're the only one of its kind in Ontario and, and in Canada. And uh, um, certainly, a lot of people have taken this, uh, this approach during the pandemic as, as habits have changed. Oh, so and, all you do is you open up the cellophane, you take out the little tree, and you hang it from the mirror. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> All right, question. You mentioned that, you know, you could do my hobby car, all right, or the one that I'm not driving a lot. Is it compatible with all vehicles? Um, you know, again, it's a matter of calling in and, and getting information. You know, there, there are certain vehicles that, that may not apply, motorcycles uh, uh, being one. So I think, you know, certainly it's a matter of calling in, asking the questions, talking either directly to a CAA agent or talking to a broker um, and getting that information. But certainly, you know, what, we, what we're seeing is a lot of the passenger vehicles, um, people are moving from the traditional insurance plans over to uh, um, the MyPace program uh, or even new, you know, new people coming over and, and people who have decided they they're going to end their term with uh, their current insurer and move over to CAA altogether. All right. Well, you know, Dave has been talking about you guys all along. Dave, how much did you actually save? Well, initially, uh, for the two cars for my wife, the bill came to five thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and we're we've never had an accident, we've had no tickets, and we've had no no in, in involvement with any any problems. And they charge us five thousand bucks for two cars. I went to my pace. I paid four hundred dollars for one. I paid four hundred and fifty dollars for the other, and I think eighty four dollars per thousand. And so, so, the so savings your, are if you phenomenal. calculate your the amount of driving that you do, how much is it going to cost you at the end of the year? Probably half. Oh, wow. That's a huge yeah, amount. Probably, uh, serious. It's, it's a serious savings. And the other thing I noticed was we got so many more things with the policy than we did with the original. Uh, if I rent a car, they're going to cover my rental car. If I write my car off, they're going to pay the whole amount. There's no discount on the, on, on the, um, on the de- salvage. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's so much more when you actually talk to the person on the phone that they offer you, and it all comes with it. And I was, I'm so gobsmacked. It's just phenomenal. So it's called pay-as-you-drive insurance. And I think it's unique, isn't it? CAA is unique with this. We, we are the only one doing this in Canada. We launched this back in 2018, long before the pandemic was in our, in our mindsets. And uh, we've seen uh, growth over the last couple of years. People have really uh, adapted this to their lifestyle. Because, again, if you're you know, traditionally a, a, a commuter by transit, this may be the product for you because you're, you're driving a vehicle on weekends. Uh, but now people are at home and um, changing their lifestyles. This is really aligning to what people are doing and people needing right now as they're looking to save a few dollars here and there. Elliot, you know, I, some people aren't very technical. Maybe they're just forgetful and don't write down the mileage. When, when you run out of that initial mileage period, how do, they, how do you get in touch with them? 
So they will automatically contact you through, I believe it's email or, or text messages. Um, there are those communications that they're coming. So there are ways to, uh, to connect that way. Um, and, and you're given advance notice. Uh, I believe it's about a hundred kilometers prior to the, uh, to the rollover. So you do have uh, plenty of notice. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, w- and once you go from there, um, you know, it, it, it's seamless so that really there, there's not a matter of having to call in on a regular basis. It's a, it's a one-time communication that's set up and off you go. And Elliot, there's an, act, there's an app that you can put on your phone that'll tell you where your mileage is at so you know exactly where, where you are as far as your 1,000 kilometers is concerned. Absolutely. And we try to make it as, as, as easy as possible because certainly this is something that uh, a lot of people have been looking for. And um, certainly that, you know, we're trying to lead and innovate in the industry and really show that there are these options available for consumers who uh, drive in different ways that a traditional auto insurance plan uh, may not be for them. Now, Elliot, you mentioned that uh, there's a device that needs to get plugged into the car. Like some of our listeners, I'm sure, aren't all that technical. If they need help, how do they get it? So there, there is a bit of a guide that comes with it. It's simply just literally plugging in an, an, uh, a little uh, device into your onboard dash. And uh, it's a matter of simply just uh, going uh, it under the, the, the front driver's seat and popping it in. It, it really should take no more than about one or two minutes tops. And uh, there is some background information to come along with that. Um, Elliot, do you have something for first responders that you should mention again? So uh, over the course of the pandemic, uh, CAA has really tried to provide support to frontline healthcare workers and first responders, providing uh, roadside assistance in the time of uh, need so that they can get to their uh, uh, their destinations if they're going to hospitals or, or whatnot. And, you know, during that time, we, we provided roadside rescues in the range of about 2,500 uh, calls during that time. So people, regardless of whether you're a CAA member or not, um, these individuals, these roadside, sorry, these uh, frontline workers, healthcare workers, first responders, um, received immediate help from CAA to make sure that they were there to help for others. I love that. I think that's very socially responsible. And you know, the other thing is when, when you call CAA, you get a CAA truck. You don't get, uh, you know, all the problems with towing and towing services. There's an actual CAA guy pulls up in a uniform in a CAA truck, and you kind of feel comfortable. All right. If people want information about the insurance and uh, the, the auto the automobile insurance, of course, and you offer home as well, it's what, 8-1-877-222-3939. Is there any other number they need to know about? The only thing I'd otherwise direct is for people they want to learn more about my piece is to visit caamypace.com. All right. So that would you be the pacemaker? <laughs> <laughs> We're certainly leading the trend, that's for sure. <laughs> well, you know, uh, and the CAA does so many things that come close to your heart, you know? <laughs> Especially when CAA, first I've never heard a bad word about CAA. I really have never all right. Well, this will be the last word because we got to get out of here. Elliot, okay. thank you for joining us today. Thanks for your time. You're very welcome and keep up the good work. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we do have to take a, take a break and uh, pay some bills. But after the break, we're going to do some uh, Q&A. We've got some email questions. Dave's going to see if he can stop me. Good luck, buddy. We'll be All right, right back. You know, I was going through some old emails and stuff, and it's amazing how many times the same problems sort of crop up. So here's one that I've got. I've got a 2003 Honda, which is still mechanically sound. The car needs to be refinished. Is it worthwhile to refinish? And I was offered a two-stage finish and a single-stage finish. What do the terms mean? All right. Well, um, I think the first thing they have to do is evaluate what kind of shape your car is in because if they're doing a paint job on the car 
you know, if it's got no damage, I think you're looking at roughly $2,000 these days to paint. Wow. Is it that much? Yeah. So, so, so what you have to do is look at your vehicle and see what kind of value it has or, and of course, what kind of life it has left in it. So in other words, you know, this is a car that's 10 or 15 years old. You may want to look and see what kind of mechanicals, uh, life it has. Um, you, what you would do is have a what they've usually call it an audit of kind, right? Yeah, that's right. You audit the car. So what you do is you have your mechanic lifted up on the hoist and and check all the mechanical systems that he can see. You know, you can tell what kind of life you have left on the tires. You can check the brakes. You can check suspension. You can look for rust because rust, especially on an older car, can be a, a big factor. You don't want to spend all that kind of money and then find out the subframe breaks about a week later, which can happen. Um, so you, you do that evaluation and then you compare the numbers and you try to decide at that point if it's worth spending the money. Al, um, certain cars have, have, have a reputation for for problems like remember the toyotas used to have problems with the fuel lines and the brake lines rotting out correct right so and, that, and that's something that your mechanic could tell you because as a matter of fact we've got a, a a late model vehicle here right now that had one of those electronic devices on it which i couldn't believe because first i saw the rust and then i opened up the hood and i went oh my god it's got one of these things they don't mm. really work all that well so it's important that you have someone who knows because for example you know, the, this person that bought this used car may have been told or seen that little light flashing underneath the hood, assumed that, you know, the car had been protected from rust. And then to find out afterwards that, you know, that was a bogus kind of machine that didn't yeah. really work all that well. Yeah. Interesting stuff. So you have go. the car audited, make sure that it's in good shape because new cars are forty, fifty thousand $50,000 and sometimes 10 years to pay them off. Yeah, but you know what? You know what you hate to see is someone spends two or three grand getting the car fixed up, you know, all of a sudden gets in a small fender bender. And the insurance company says, we'll give you 500 bucks because really it, it's real value in terms yeah. of black book. That's all it is. Um, matter of fact, more to you. Well, exactly. But uh, again, you want, you know, why it, you know, you want to make a wise uh, expenditure, not just a foolish one. Okay. So here's one. I just bought a used Toyota. Uh, Corolla. It always moves to the right. I've had the front end aligned, but it's still a problem. Do you have any advice? Well, the first thing I would do is go back to the alignment shop and say, hey, guys, I paid you to do an alignment. I'm hoping that you told them prime, you know, before you had the alignment, why it was there. In other yeah. words, explain to them that it was pulling right. Um, if they And if they knew that and didn't address it, well, then I would go back and say, hey, guys, it's still doing it. Um, you could ask them if they have a printout to see what the alignment specs were. Um, but other things that can cause a vehicle to pull like that are it could be from the tires themselves. You may have a bad belt in one of the tires. Um, so the next step would right? be to yes. So the next step would be to start rotating the tires to see if that changes. So in other words, you could take the two front tires and switch them side to side, and then see what happens. Uh, you may find that it pulls to the left, or you may find it drives straight. So, like, again, um, that's how you get to the bottom of it. The other thing that could cause a pull as well, sorry, um, yeah. would be if you had a brake holding up. So, for example, you had a brake caliper that was, you know, not releasing all the way and, and causing that would make a, the vehicle go to one way. What about the, advising them about a four-wheel alignment? Sometimes it's the back end moving the thing around. Well, any new machine nowadays, there are heads that go on each corner of the car. So, oh, yeah? in fact... Yes. Yeah, so what they're doing is they are comparing the front to the back. That's how it's done. So you do the back first, then you do the front. 
Well, they have to re- – well, first of all, on the rear, there is very much – very little in the way of adjustments provided, okay? Um, some you can't adjust for tow. But you need to know, as you say, that all four wheels are going in the same direction. Otherwise, you know, you're, you're doing it in the wind. Yeah, and that the Corolla is a pretty simple car, so the, there's not a lot of adjustments there. It's just basically no, I, a control arm. No, and then the, the danger, too, though, is, you see, if they had just bought it recently – it, it could have been involved in a car accident. Yes. Uh, it could have a bent control arm. It could have offset where the actual wheel is staggered on the one side. Um, you know, hopefully that's not the case. But uh, again, I would speak to the, the facility that did your alignment. You paid them good money. Tell them you're not 100% happy with it. And maybe they'll fix it up. There you go. Interesting. Okay. When I stop at a red light and if foot is, I'm in drive and my foot is on the brake, the car vibrates and shakes. There are times when the engine stalls. I recently had a tune-up to see if that would help, but the car does run better, but it still vibrates when I stop. Any ideas? Well, the same kind of thing as the first. I, I think, you know, before you buy a service, like when you go into a garage or I, I would say it's like when you when you go to your doctor, you don't just say, I'll take my clothes off and you can guess what's wrong with me. You, right? You usually go in with an you usually go in with an ailment. Like you say, it hurts when I do this, okay? Yes. It's the same thing with your car. Um, don't second guess the expert. Like you know, don't just go in and buy an alignment or buy a wheel balance or buy a tune-up when you know, you have a specific issue that you're concerned about. In other words, so so that the first person's problem was a car was pulling. I mean, I've had people come in and say, I need the tires balanced. Now, we know from experience to ask why, right? Because, you know, we don't want to get into an argument later. Um, you know, people have bought a, a service that wasn't what they needed necessarily. It's the same thing with this tune-up business. I think the first thing I would have done is taken the car and said, listen, I have a problem. The issue is, is the car vibrates badly at idle, and I'd like you to look at it and tell me what's causing it. Because, you know, cars run way better now than they used to in the olden days. You know, we used to see burnt valves. We used to see bad spark plugs. We don't see any of that anymore. It's true, um, yeah. Right. So in a lot of cases, for example, what, what they could have is they have, may have a problem with a motor mount where the engine mount is, is, is broken. You have metal running on metal. So that's going to transfer that vibration right through the car. So, again, if you want to get satisfaction, go into your shop, tell them what your ailments are, and hopefully they can fix it that way. You know, what's interesting is the disconnect between the the owner's knowledge and what he's driving is growing every day. You know, it's I just got a new car, and mm-hmm. I, I'm a mechanic. I'm pretty technically minded. It's been two days in that car, and I still don't know how to work it. It's just so many Mm-hmm. adjustments there's so many uh, controls you can adjust the steering the breakage just, it's just crazy it's just a car it's not a space shuttle no but you know people want all these toys they want all these things to help them um, but you will find that most car sales people uh, are happy to go through the vehicle and they even realize themselves that you know a, a quick 15 minute run through people are going to c- forget so if, if you don't remember how to do something i always tell people just go back and uh I think at the big dealerships, they usually have a person who's specifically there to tell you how to operate your vehicle. Fascinating. All right, Dave, we got to run. Oh, that was fast. Okay. Uh, Yeah, yeah. But after the break, you know, we're going to talk about, we're going to talk to Terry O'Keefe. Because a lot of people, you know, they buy used cars. They haven't got 40 grand for a new one. Well, he's going to tell us all the ins and outs and how not to get into trouble. 
This is Dave Garner Garage. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back. We've got Rob Hawkins on the phone with us. You know, drive-in movies have undergone a resurgence because it's an easy way for to maintain some safe distance from, you know, like you're – each one is in your own car, so you can't get that close. You could get close in the car, but that's another story. Um, anyways, uh, Rob's here to tell us about an event they got coming up where you have no problem with social distancing. Rob, how's it going? Not bad at all. Thanks again for having us on the show. So the Highway 11 Cruisers, in partnership with the Pace Law Firm Fallen Rider Support Team, are holding a road rally scavenger hunt. It's going to mm-hmm. cover the areas of from Barrie all the way south to Richmond Hill, from Bolton all the way east to Uxbridge. We have 250 stops and tasks that you can complete, and you're actually going to go, the winner's going to get $300 cash, but there's going to be over $1,000 of prize from our different sponsors. It's going to be interesting. We've done most of the spots, lots of research. It's taking place on Sunday, July 26th. It starts at 9 and it ends at 4, but how it's going to work, it's completely contactless and social distance. All the registration has to take place online ahead of time. Mm-hmm. And then we, through our Facebook page, and we'll give you the link to the staff page. We'll email all the instructions out ahead of time. And then on the morning of at nine o'clock, a mass email will go list of tasks. People will take pictures as they do the event and send it back in so we can keep a running total of the, um, how many points they've received. Then the winning, uh, winners will all have their packages delivered to them. Now, I did one years ago and we, we used to have to actually run into the restaurant and steal a menu. You're not doing anything like that. No, so there's some stuff where you actually have to find an item, and most of the things you'll have at home, like a cassette tape, and you'll take a picture with your team sign and send that back into us. Right. Everything will be done outside of a space or beside a monument or in a park where you'll have to have at least half of your team in the picture with a piece of paper with the event date, your team name. That way we can know that you didn't just go through your camera roll and pick out pictures that match what uh, we're looking for. You know, I want you to know that that's nothing new because years ago when I did the, my scavenger hunt, um, one of the stops that we had to make was at a strip bar and we asked them for menus. They said they didn't have menus and we needed proof. So we got a couple of nice girls and took a picture with them. We had a ball. Well, that sounds I, like, <laughs> go ahead. Ours will be a bit more family friendly. I'll say that. So it's going to be open to everyone, not just classic car owners it can be a motorcycle like that, but it is, it's people have done it in the past. We just wanted to, mo- we've participated in them, but everybody's looking for something to do these days. So we figure, why not do this? And the event's going to support Big Brothers Big Sisters of York. So it's completely going to charity. There's no cost for us to operate it as the uh, pace has picked up the cost for all the advertising and the prizes. And then our sponsors as well have given prizes. And what we've done is we have a lot of sponsors that support the car club. And because it's a bit of a different year this year, their ven- their businesses are actually going to be stopped for people's stop and that way they can advertise the different sponsors that support us even though COVID-19 has most of our other events shut down. All right. You don't need to have any kind of special car. I mean, your grocery getter could be entered in the contest, correct? Exactly. And uh, they can win $300 as the grand prize, I think? $300 grand prize plus we have over $1,000 in different value and different prizes. We have gift certificates from different vendors. Uh, Mother's Polish is a big sponsor of our car club, so they've given us product to give out. So there's lots of and prizes going to be given out to everybody. So a real prize is not just boxes of gloves and masks. No, it's going to be like RD-feeling <laughs> product and that type of stuff. All right. Well, how do we people find out about it again? So if they go to the Facebook and search up Highway 11 Cruisers Car Club, it'll come up and there's a link to the Snaps page there with our flyer. And you just go on Snap Newmarket Highway 11 Cruisers Road Rally Scavenger Hunt. 
and they can purchase the ticket. It is a $20 donation to participate, and all that money is going to the charity. Exactly. It goes to Big Brothers Big Sisters of York Region. You guys are a terrific group of people, and I uh, want to thank you again for joining us. And good luck with your cruise. I hope the weather holds up for you. We do, too. Like I say, we, we, as things progress into Stage 3, we're going to have a couple more events coming up. But unfortunately, it doesn't look like there's going to be much of actual cruise night season for anybody this year. No, unfortunately not. All right, Rob, thanks again. And thanks to all everybody, all the members of your club and uh, all the organizers. I'm sure it's a lot of work, but well worth it. And uh, I'm sure the uh, where the donations go, they appreciate it as well. Take care, my friend. Thank you very much. And stay safe, everybody. You're very welcome. All right. Well, we've got to take a break right now. But afterwards, we're going to talk about a brand new car that's coming out. Well, I shouldn't say car because it's not really a car. It's more of a truck. But our friend Brian Max is going to be with us. And uh, he's got all the inside dope on what we need to know about these cars. This is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is uh, Dave's Corner Garage, and you know we got Brian Max on the phone with us. I'm sure you heard Brian on there many times. Brian, I'm here. <laughs> All right, you know one of the perks of being an automotive journalist and enthusiast is you get to see, you get the inside poop, you know, on the new vehicles coming out. And Brian is going to tell us all about the new Bronco. Brian, how are you today? I'm great, Al. How are you? Excellent, thank you. So you know the manufacturers of you know, car sales aren't doing so well, so they got to make more trucks. Ford has gone a long way. They got a whole line of new ones, eh? Yeah, Ranger and the Bronco line. They're they're related. But Dave, that was for Brian, by the way. Okay, <laughs> but Dave's right. They they are kind of related. <laughs> okay. You know, I I really like that little Ranger, but I, like honestly, the the most exciting and most anticipated vehicle for for 2020 has to be this new Ford Bronco. So Ford revealed it on on. Uh, Monday earlier this week, mm-hmm. and it of course the internet is all on fire about this this Bronco, and it's actually a family of three different models. So there's a there's a two door and a four door, mm-hmm. and then there's a sport SUV. So there there are actually three different models here, and they they're all intended for off roading, and they they are legit off roaders. Although we you know. We all know that most people don't take their SUVs and off-roaders off-road. They might go to the mall and that sort of thing. But uh, the the Bronco is absolutely dialed for off-roading. It's, uh, it's the, a lot more sophisticated than the, its competition, isn't it? The front well, end is, is is a lot more sophisticated. Yeah, I mean, you know, it it the styling evokes the old Broncos, like the yeah. original Broncos, mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, you can you can get it with big 35 inch tires, which you can't get on the Jeep from the factory. So that's kind of neat. But you know, it cl- they claim that it's got the best approach and breakover and departure angles. It's got the best uh, ground clearance. It um, and it does something different that the Jeep Wrangler does. It's got an independent front suspension where the the Wrangler has exactly, a solid yeah. axle. Uh, like the Wrangler, though, it has in certain trim levels or models, you can disconnect the front sway bar so for greater um, articulation of the suspension. And you know, I've done a I've done a bit off roading. I've driven over mountain ranges. I've driven the Rubicon Trail and and learned all this stuff. Um, and you really need that sway bar disconnect. You really can benefit from the the 35 inch tires for better ground clearance and better traction all that stuff and 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 Ford seems to have these Broncos dialed now the the one that I think people are really going to buy probably two to one or three to one is the Sport SUV model 
And it's going to be more like a conventional crossover with, you know, some better ground clearance and that sort of thing. But it's going to be easier to live with for most people. Think of it like um, like a Ford Escape on off-road steroids, if you will. Brian, is this because they're doing so well at the auto auctions with the old ones and they're they're seeing that there's a market for this stuff? I mean, it took them years to, they showed it to, what, 15 as a, oh, as yeah. a right? And as a, yeah. so why did it take so long? Uh, that, you know, that's a, that's a very good question. I mean, this, this could have been on the market two years ago quite easily. I think the enthusiasm was there, but I remember seeing Bronco concepts years and years ago. And, and you know, what's funny is, is the, the, the Tudor and the Ford are kind of um, honest with uh with regards to those concepts they they showed a few years ago but mm-hmm. you know i think ford ford is busy doing a number of things like they're ex- electrifying their their lineup and and uh they've got a new ford f-150 so you know they can only do so much and and at the end of the day i think the two-door and the four-door broncos are going to be still pretty niche just like wrangler is for for jeep but the the bronco sport suv they're going to sell a ton of those no problem I was going to say, I heard from the folks over at Young Steel's Motors, uh, September delivery, if you order now. That's right. So the Sport uh, the sport SUV model is going to be available this fall. And um, you can go to Ford's website right now and put your $100 deposit down. It is refundable, of course. And reserve your Sport if you want one for the fall. Or if you're interested in one of these two-doors or four-doors, the real off-roady ones, you can put a deposit down as well. And those deliveries start, uh, I think, spring next year. What's the pricing on them, Brian? Do you know? Uh, the Sport uh, starts at about 40000 My guess is uh, with a bigger engine and, and better trim, you're probably into $55-ish. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I haven't been able to, to, to find pricing for the two-door and the four-door yet, but they're, I mean, they're, they're so far out. I don't think Ford's really set pricing for those, but my guess is that's going to start at 45000 and go up from there. Now, before the break, before we were talking about this, you were comparing it to the Wrangler. Um, did you get a chance to drive the Wrangler with the Hemi in it? No, that's a concept for now, actually. Okay. So, yeah, so, they, they you know, you, you got to love how car companies, uh, do their things during the day. So the, the Bronco uh, launch was timed for 8 p.m. Eastern on Monday. Mm-hmm. And that morning, the folks at Jeep issued a press release saying, hey, we've got a concept Jeep Wrangler with a 6.4 liter Hemi under the hood. And I mean, who doesn't love a big Hemi under the hood? But uh, it's it's still a concept. My guess is, like everything that, that, uh, that Jeep does, they're they don't really tease a concept like this without intent for production. So they'll probably produce it in the next few months as well. And it's an easy swap. It's not guys have been doing it all the time, taking out the the six cylinder, putting in a heavy. Yeah, exactly. So from the factory, you can get a four cylinder turbo. You can now get a diesel in, in the Wrangler. And then of course the, the standard V six that everybody seems to buy. And that's, that seems to be the one that most people enjoy as well. You know what's amazing is that these vehicles don't depreciate like a normal car. I had a, a Wrangler for 10 years, and I got most of my money back. It was just phenomenal. I couldn't believe that the depreciation was so little. Well, and that has to do with the fact that, I mean, you know, we all see them on the road, but they're they're actually, they don't sell in huge numbers. They just sell to a very loyal 
audience who likes that sort of, you know, either wants to display that they've got an active lifestyle or really does go off road and, you know, you know, camping and canoeing and, and, and all that stuff. And the, the Wrangler is just a very, very capable vehicle. I've driven Wranglers over a bunch of different mountain ranges on the Rubicon Trail, and they are, they are tough, tough machines. And, you know, Brian, four wheels are much safer than two, just in case you need to lo- learn that, okay? I just wanted to tell you that. Yeah, the, well, the reason Al's saying that is because I have a broken arm right now because I went downhill mountain biking. So uh, <laughs> thanks, Al. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brian, if people want to find out, hey, do you have a video of that and could they watch it? You know what? I left the GoPro in the in the truck that day and uh, no, so there's, there's nothing for anybody to see except for photos on my uh, on my social media with my broken arm. Can you still shake your hands or it's the other one? It's it's the left it's the left thankfully so I can I can type and and drive I'm back to driving a manual so it's an exciting day. All right, Brian, thanks for joining us. Please uh, wish you a speedy recovery and uh, hope to get you back on air with us again shortly. Thanks, Al. Thanks, Dave. Thank you. All right, take care. Fascinating drive, stuff. Drive safe. Remember, four wheels much safer than two, my friend. All right, this is Dave's Corner Garage. We're going to be right back. Alrighty, well, I guess it's time to say goodbye. That was a great show. It was, and, uh, you know, there was just so much admiration for Elliot Silverstein at the CAA. Dave, you were, like, fighting all him. over the guy. Hey, the guy's saving me money every day. So, uh, <laughs> bottom line is, it's called My Pace Insurance. It's just on the web. You just phone them up, and they're really, really nice. And you'd be amazed about how much money you can save. We should also thank uh, Terry for joining us. Terry O'Keefe, for great information, go to their website because it's so much easier if you find out what your rights and privileges are before you get into trouble rather than trying to fix them afterwards. Exactly. Rob Hawkins with the Highway 11 Cruisers. They've been around since 2010 doing a lot of social work. Uh, Great club. Uh, We've had him on before, and uh, he was quite knowledgeable. Exactly. They're having this great cruise on Sunday the 26th, so uh, you can check them out because you can do it safely. From your own car and, and nothing course, up close. And of course, Brian Max, who uh, who knows almost everything. Yeah, you know, he's so informative when it comes to cars. I, I think you can find him on Facebook. You can find him on YouTube. Check him out. And, um, you know, he's got some great reviews of new cars coming up and old cars that maybe he rolled over. And listen, we, we all know that we're all working from home. We want to thank Joe for all the work that he does. Alan, thank you for being great like you usually are. And uh, David, I want to thank my mother for me being here. And uh, <laughs> keep the shiny side up, the greasy side down. We'll see you back here next week. Bye-bye, Have everybody. Thank everyone. Bye-bye. Who cares about the clouds and we're together? Just sing a song and bring the sunny This has been an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM 740.